and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape, and frankly, especially this week, my life. Uh, Leah Brandon, we have a <laughs> heck of a lot to talk about over the next three hours. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well. I'm just happy that you are here and not in jail. So that's a success in my mind. <laughs> now, the listeners who haven't been paying attention to my crazy week are probably going, what is she talking about? Uh, we'll get yeah. to all of it, I promise. <laughs> uh, we we ended last week's program, which you can hear at the podcast uh, Obviously not while we're doing the show. We wouldn't urge you to go listen to the podcast, but you can check out our podcast at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And if you go to the last segment of last week's show, we previewed this week by saying it could be a very interesting week. I don't know if you recall right. that or not, um, because on my schedule was an appearance on MSNBC in prime time, mm -hmm. my first in mm -hmm. several years on MSNBC, because I uh, thought I had been completely blackballed from that network from having ripped them every time I appeared on the MSNBC, a uh, very liberal news network. And you thought that that wasn't, uh, you thought that would happen. I thought it probably would not. I don't know if I gave it a percentage or not, but I, I was leaning towards it would not happen, that I would get uh, unbooked, if you will, once uh, somebody there thought better of it and realized, wait a minute, we really don't want to put Ziggler on the air live, do we? That's pretty dangerous. Uh, right, that but, did... you know, Prince had died, so that was the reason. I don't know that that really – it was an interesting theory on your part. I'm not sure that's what really happened, although I, I will say I, I, I gave myself a little bit of backup because I still have some connections at the Today Show where I've appeared a couple of times, three times actually, with Matt Lauer in very major interviews, and so – uh, his booker, uh, I did contact and say, hey, can you just make sure these guys don't uh, wimp out on me here? And I, th I think that probably helped because uh, he assured me that that's what he did do. But uh, anyways, that did happen, and we will get to talk about that because it was about basically the conservative news media selling out to Donald Trump, which is a very important issue, especially this week, since now Trump is inching ever very, very closer oh, to yeah. being the GOP nominee. So we'll get to that. And then later on the program, somewhere probably in hour number two and definitely in hour number three, uh, I had referenced my trip to Pennsylvania, which was really two-pronged. Uh, once, one of the elements of why I was going to Pennsylvania this week, uh, where I grew up in Bucks County outside of Philadelphia, was actually to go to Pittsburgh to play some golf at Oakmont Country Club, where the U.S. Open will be held next month in June. And I was, my main concern there was about the weather, which was a concern. It wasn't great weather, although I did eventually end up playing uh, the golf course, which was another whole story on itself. And the secondary reason for going to Pennsylvania was, as I um, told my daughter when she was asking me, my little almost four-year-old daughter asked me, so, Daddy, why are you going to Pennsylvania? I told her about the golf, and I said, uh, and, and she said, well, why, why else are you going? Because I don't think she thought that was a good enough reason to go all the way to Pennsylvania. Of course not, uh, when you play golf in your backyard. Right. I mean, we, we, I play golf you know, all the time <laughs> in California. So <laughs> anyway, um, I said to her, well, I'm, I'm going to go try to get a bad guy. And, of course, that, you know, she was completely enthralled, right? Good guys, bad guys, fairy tales. She are knows. Her, yeah, those, that's her whole life. I mean, her whole life is about discerning in any cartoon or Disney uh, feature who the good guy is and who the bad guy mm -hmm. is. So, so she's all in now on bad guy. 
And so she wanted to know, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to fight the bad guy? I said, I don't think I'm going to fight the bad guy. I don't intend to fight the bad guy. Uh, and then she, she goes and she runs away. And I'm wondering, what the heck is she going to do? What, what is going on here? So she goes into our closet uh, where we keep a bunch of stuff, like everybody keeps in closets, including jackets. But also we keep some of our Halloween costumes in there. Okay. And so she comes back out. With the sword I had used as Captain Hook from two Halloweens ago when she was Tinkerbell. Oh, and, wow. And she comes over to me and she says, here, Daddy, take this with you on your trip to Pennsylvania to get the bad guy. Okay, so, that's adorable. Oh, I have a picture of it. I actually posted the photo on Facebook. It's hilarious. And it's 100% true. I'm not exaggerating the story whatsoever. Um, but as it turned out... Um, well, certainly round one went to the bad guy, um, and who knows how, what, how it's going to turn out in the long run, but um, I, I got arrested uh, without any intent of being arrested, without having done anything to warrant arrest. Yet. Um, they got you before you could. Oh, I was absolutely targeted, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I believe I have a lawsuit against numerous entities uh, for what yeah, occurred. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, if – and – I mean this sincerely. I don't know if you're going to agree with this part. If I was either a celebrity, which I'm not, or black, which I'm not, if either one of those two things had happened and everything occurred, because there's video of most of it, if everything else had occurred exactly as is, this would have been a huge national news story. But because oh, I'm, for sure. Because I'm a white male non-celebrity and I've got, I'm on the wrong side of the issue in the media's mind, this never, right. never really happened. Um, so if you can't wait and you're just dying to find out what the heck are the details of what John and Lee are talking about, uh, go to either my Twitter feed, which you'll easily, easily be able to find it, or my Facebook page, Talk to Zig, uh, on Facebook, or uh, go to um, my other website, one of many websites I have, but the one for this particular story is www.framingpaterno, that's isn't Joe Paterno, not literal, it's figurative, framingpaterno.com, and the top story in red there is um, the details, or all the details of this crazy story, which we will detail in a way that uh, it's going to blow your mind at some point later on in the program. But all of this is happening, of course, uh, amidst the, the very, um, in some people's minds, grim reality that Donald Trump is going to be the GOP yeah. presidential nominee, which in my mind uh, means almost certainly, barring catastrophe, that Hillary Clinton will be the next president of the United States. So when we come back, we'll talk about what happened this week on that front, because that was a wild and crazy week of politics. Uh, some of the strangest things you've ever seen occurred this week, and we'll talk <laughs> Just about Just when you think it, it couldn't get any weirder. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and we'll talk about it all on the John and Leah Show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. 
Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And we've got so much to get to this week. But as usual, we're going to start with our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016 because it was a very odd week. I mean, this has been the strangest campaign, certainly on the Republican side, in modern history that's for sure, maybe in history, period. And this was maybe one of the more bizarre weeks, uh, certainly a couple of things we've never seen before, including uh, collusion, in the words of Donald Trump, uh, by a couple of candidates against the front runner, And then uh, one of those who has no chance of actually winning the nomination announcing a vice presidential pick. Uh, all of this in the uh, backdrop of major primaries in the Northeast, yes. uh, which Leah Brandon will tell us about now. All right, so here are the numbers. As expected, Donald Trump swept five states in the primary, leading him to declare that he is the presumptive nominee. Connecticut, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Maryland, all going to Trump. It leaves him with, according to the Associated Press, 996 delegates. He only needs 241 more for the nomination. Now, Cruz, way behind, with 565. Kasich has 153. As of this primary, Ted Cruz has been mathematically eliminated. There's no way that he can possibly get to 1237. Now, on the Dem side, Hillary won every state except for Rhode Island. Her delegate count is way up there, 2165, compared with Bernie's 1357. She only needs 118 more to secure the nomination, and there are like 1,100 out there, so... Yeah, She's I, on her way. <laughs> you think she might have a chance? Yeah, you, I think. Oh, so and Bernie, you're telling me uh, there's a chance. Yes, there is. And Bernie, by the way, went back to Vermont to think about his future for a moment. Well, we've been saying, uh, I, look, uh, you know, my predictions haven't been 100%, but they've been a hell of a lot better than almost anybody else's looking at this race. Once I realized that this Trump thing was for real back in yeah. the uh, early, mid-fall uh, of last year. And one of the things I never bought into was that Bernie Sanders was going to be the Democratic nominee. Uh, that's why we've talked very little about it. And so now we know Hillary will be the nominee. And unfortunately, I think there's a very, very good chance, again, barring catastrophe, that she'll be the president. Now, let's talk about why that is. And that has to do with the fact that Trump is now almost I mean, he is so close to clinching if he wins in Indiana on Tuesday, which there's a very good chance that he will. There's a new poll out today indicating he's blowing the doors off of Cruz and Kasich in Indiana. If that's even if that's even close to true, this is this thing is finally officially over. 
Um, you know, there, I, I, I joked last week about how the never Trump people have been moving the hill on which they're going to die. Exactly. Week after week after week. Oh, don't worry. We're, we'll get them here. We'll get them there. We'll get them. You know, <laughs> we got them in Wisconsin. Remember that? Yeah, that was like ancient history at this point, because as I told you, Wisconsin was irrelevant. Everyone overreacted to Wisconsin. Uh, it was a very unique situation, and since Wisconsin, where Cruz should have been surging, he has collapsed. He has. And, and now let's talk about the Cruz and Kasich thing, because, <laughs> I mean, you look up desperation in the dictionary. <laughs> you see a picture of Ted Cruz and, and John Kasich and this this ridiculous, very transparent and, and, and frankly, stupid alliance idea. Yeah. Um, now, in concept, had this been tried maybe, I don't know, a couple of months ago in a, right. w- when there was more leverage and it wasn't so obviously desperate. See, you With can't... Rubio. Right. If Cruz Thank and Rubio you. had gotten together, this would be a whole different race. Um, yeah, I think that's a theoretical possibility. I, I'm, I'm going to talk, I think, a little bit about where I think this thing was truly over the, the point of real no return. See, people don't understand how early in the process the, the, it, things really are over. I mean, turning something around like this is really like taking an aircraft carrier and trying to turn it around. You can't do it overnight, especially given the nature of Trump's fan base, who are right. crazy and and very much in support of him. And his own words said, you know, they'd support him if he shot somebody on, on Fifth Avenue. So And they would. And they probably right. would. They probably would still support him. So anyway, with regard to the Cruz-Kasich thing, you can't do something that dramatic and that out of the box from a position of obvious weakness. Yes. You can't do that. If you have, if there, I mean, you could be a little bit, on the on the side of the the weaker side, but you can't be obviously on the weaker side. You can't be, be mathematically eliminated, right? Into because it. then it reeks. <laughs> it's 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 much. It's a lot like dating, right? I mean, women smell desperation. It's, sure. It's an evolutionary thing to prevent them from having sex with guys who are desperate. That's how <laughs> this is how it works, right? Well, that's there's what, a very we know that smell. <laughs> right, you know it. And it's and and for millions of generations that women have been very you know it's very important that they understand to stay away from desperate men. Well, that's what Cruz and Kasich are because of when and how they chose to do this. Not to mention that logistically, it it was impractical because the biggest state yet to come is California. California is not a winner-take-all statewide, where there's some of the delegates are, but most of them are by congressional district. There's no way Kasich or Cruz were going to say to the other guy, you take California, because yes. neither of them, their egos would allow it. And also, just the reality is that neither one of them is particularly well-suited to California, mm-hmm. even even with Carly Fiorina as your bogus never-to-be-vice-president, <laughs> vice-presidential nominee. So, And then the most important part of the whole California, why it doesn't work in California is, you got 50-some congressional districts, most of the people who are living there don't even know which district they're in. So even That's if in, true. So even if in theory you've lived here, even if in theory you divvied up all the congressional districts and said, okay, Cruz, you take this one, Kasich, you take this one, even if that was theoretically possible, there's no you'd have to spend millions and millions of dollars on the education alone for people to even know which district they're in, what their what their battle plan is. It was absurd, but most importantly, it was desperate. And I think it it really 
collapsed their support on Tuesday, even though those states weren't part of the alliance. I think it sent a horrendous message, and that's why I think uh, Trump is effectively the nominee. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this and other issues related to it on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And we continue with this week's look at the race for the White House 2016, which is increasingly looking like, surprise, surprise, it's going to be Hillary Clinton versus Donald J. Trump. Um, This was a a critical week and uh, very close to closing the curtain on the GOP race. And it was also one of the strangest political weeks I have ever seen in my lifetime to quickly review. So this time last week, late in our show, very late in our show, word leaked that Ted Cruz and John Kasich were going to come up with this plan, a brilliant plan to try to stop Donald Trump. They were going to create this alliance where uh, one of them would not campaign in certain states so that the other would have a better chance of taking on Donald Trump. As we referenced in the last segment, Leah, and I think you agree, and I, in fact, I, I know you agree, this reeked of desperation yes. uh, because both of them were already in a very desperate place. You can't throw a Hail Mary uh, when the other team knows you have to throw a Hail Mary. Uh, yeah, not only that, but Aaron Rodgers, then it works. But if you, unless, but Ted Cruz is no Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we don't want a contested convention, and and that's what they're trying to do, which really makes me angry. That's interesting. You think that there's a palpable uh, anti-contested convention um, sentiment among the GOP electorate? Really? I think that it it would it would just be the worst thing that the GOP would go through because they're already eating each other. It's a cannibalistic uh, idea. And, you know, for them to do this, and it plays right into Donald's, Donald Trump's whole thing about it being stolen. No, I agree. And bribery. Right. And all this no, stuff. We talked about that, where, where Cruz really kind of screwed himself, and maybe he didn't have any other choice. But in order to try to pull off this amazing comeback, he had to do things that destroyed his anti-establishment street cred. And, right. and played right into, as you said, Donald Trump's whole narrative. And, of course, the news media is more than willing to carry Donald Trump's water on, yeah, on the they're narrative. They're calling him Lion Ted now. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's obvious that the news media, because he's good for their ratings, wants him to be the nominee. And the liberal media wants him to be the nominee because they know he's going to lose to Hillary Clinton. Right. So, so I truly believe that the, the results on Tuesday – were it in part, in part because of that desperation move. I think a lot of people, by the way, it wasn't that, uh, you know, Trump got huge numbers. The turnout wasn't all that spectacular, which tells me that people that were on the fence about voting for Cruz or Kasich just decided, screw it, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not showing up for this. This is a joke. Uh, and, and so I think that's why Trump's numbers percentage-wise, were so much better than they have been elsewhere because the the never-Trump people, I think, were very demoralized by this desperation ploy. And then we went from one desperation ploy to the next, which was Ted Cruz (laughs) announcing with great drama 
Wow. <laughs> that, that he was going to choose a vice presidential nominee, which, you know, when you're that far behind, when you can't mathematically win, it's kind of like, you know, it's as presumptuous as a homeless guy deciding which condom he's going to buy for when he has sex with a supermodel. Um, it's never going to happen. So yeah. why are you bothering with this? But then if you're going to do this, right, if you're going to do something that obviously desperate, that unprecedented, and by the way, also hampering your only chance for the nomination, which I'll get to in a second as to why that is, you better have a really awesome card to play. And instead of, let's say, Condoleezza Rice, I mean, Correct. Right? I mean Condoleezza Rice yes. would have been a Shazam, right? Oh, yeah. As, oh, yeah. I mean, not just in California, but everywhere. But that would have been a potential game changer. Instead, you give us oh, Carly gosh. Fiorina? Seriously? Oh. The, the person who ended up at, what, 2 or 3% in the polls after having a, a cup of coffee in double digits? And, and who got crushed by Barbara Boxer in a great year for Republicans in 2010? Uh, I mean, I've been very adamant in my criticism of Carly Fiorina. She's a fraud. Uh, and, and frankly, she's not likable. So you, got, you have two very unlikable people now and 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 so not only was it not dramatic for such a desperation ploy it was very predictable i mean in fact i tweeted the day before he did it that, that he was going to name carly fiorina as his vp in a desperation move so it was bad on all fronts but it, it, the the dumbest element which i haven't heard many people talk about leah is let's pretend Everything worked perfectly for Cruz from here on out. Let's pretend somehow this alliance came together and let's pretend that the anti-Trump forces weren't really demoralized, that the Tuesday election was a, a, a freak, a, that it was an outlier, that that was just because it's the Northeast. And let's pretend that Carly really brought something, especially in California, to the ticket. So let's give him every possible benefit of the doubt. Here's the problem. So even if it somehow works and you somehow keep Trump under 1237 and you get your contested convention, you, Cruz has now tied his hands behind his back in a contested convention because your number one card to play in a contested convention is your VP. Your VP. <laughs> so he sold. He down, sold. down, down, down. <laughs> Exactly. He sold. He sold his only card to play in a contested convention, and he sold it for nothing. I mean, he basically sold it for a headline for one day. Um, hey, look, the 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 worst part about it is that Ted Cruz is smart, but he's really dumb. These moves were just dumb. Dumb. Yeah, I mean, you could say desperate, okay? But they were dumb. I'm actually going to come to his defense a little bit, which is going to surprise you since you're the cruise person and I'm the anti-cruise person on this show. Uh, I don't think it was dumb. I think it was naive. I think that the cruise people, and I'm going to give them every benefit of that again. And I think, I, tell me if you think this is accurate or not. I know you will. I think that Cruz overestimated the never Trump movement. And I so I, when he got into this fight, I think they presumed they presumed if we ever get in in a and they've said this into a head to head battle with Donald Trump, we're going to crush him. There's no way. Well, but well, they, they waited. Wait a minute. At, at a certain point, that might have happened. But you yes, waited. Ago. You waited too long to me. 
the moment of no return in this race. And I, I told, I said for months on this program, I said, you got to stop Donald Trump in Iowa. You've got to kill him in Iowa. If you don't kill him in Iowa, that's he's going to win New that's Hampshire. True. And after yep. that, look out, folks. It's done. And, and that's exactly what happened. But if you, if you want to be generous, the moment of no return was after South Carolina. When Trump won South Carolina and Rubio had a good second-place finish, yeah. And Cruz, that was supposed to be his state. He did not Correct. win that state. In retrospect, that was the last moment where we still lived in a place where egos didn't rule the day and where the party actually had power and people were really concerned about the future of the country instead of about themselves. Here's what would have happened. There would have been a meeting, and everybody would have said, all right, all the non-Trumps would have said, look, uh, here's the deal. Rubio's the only one with a shot. You're all getting out. Yes. You, you, you're all going to support him silently at first because we don't want to put your stench all over him. But you're going to all get out and, it, and it's going to be Rubio versus Trump from here on out. And if it, that had happened at that moment, I think the, not, the never Trump people would have had a chance because Trump didn't have quite the momentum that he currently does. And because Rubio is far more personally appealing than Cruz. Here's the analogy of the week. You know that I, I don't know if I can deliver one per week, but I'll try. But here's here's this <laughs> week's analogy. I've said numerous times that one of the biggest misconceptions that Republican voters have is that they are choosing their favorite flavor of ice cream. Mm-hmm. They're not. We're not. No, 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 folks. That's not what you do in a primary, especially when you're a Republican in a presidential year where we're a minority party and the media is against us. What we ought to be doing is picking the favorite flavor of ice cream of those that we have at our disposal that we think 51% of the American people will like better than the other guy's crappy ice cream, all right? Now, the Rubio ice cream would have been absolutely in the 51% category against the Hillary ice cream. Oh, for sure. But instead... Because the Hillary, the Rubio ice cream wasn't all fancy dancy. It was, you know, it was it was mostly like a vanilla chocolate swirl, you know, nice but nothing spectacular. Well, it was uh, also made by illegals. Yeah, well, okay, whatever. But I I don't want to get too bogged down here in the details of the analogy. <laughs> so so instead we thought, wow, look at this cotton candy, this cotton candy flavor that we got over here. And the the Never Trump people said, well, it's actually it is cotton candy, which is bad enough for you. But it's actually cotton candy cancer ice cream. And it's cotton candy cancer ice cream that you guys have all fallen in love with. And so most of the people said, or you know, a lot of them said, oh, screw it. We like the cotton candy. It tastes so good. We don't care that it causes cancer. Some of those said, well, you think it might really cause cancer? I mean, it is kind of good, that cotton candy cancer ice cream. But you think it causes cancer? But what, what's, what are our alternatives now? And Cruz and Kasich go, well, I got liver Liver flavored ice cream, and I got broccoli. Right. For, I got broccoli exactly. flavor. I, you know, Cruz is basically liver flavored ice cream, and <laughs> and Kasich is broccoli flavored ice cream. And so anybody who was listening to this whole business about the cotton candy ice cream being cancerous goes, you know, I'm going to take my chances care. with. <laughs> I'm going to take my chances with the cancerous cotton candy ice cream because I don't like liver and I don't like broccoli. So goodbye. Ever. I mean, so that's basically what's happened here. They're trying to sell liver and broccoli ice cream to an electorate that is hooked on cotton candy, whether it's cancerous or not. That's the that's the analogy of the week on the uh, right. the, the uh, John and Leah show. Um, 
When we come back, uh, some thoughts about where we're headed here, and then we got to get to the White House Correspondents' Dinner from last night, which was um, very interesting on a number of levels, on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Just a couple more thoughts on the race to the White House 2016 for this particular edition of the John and Leah Show. Uh, Indiana seems like it's going to be the the last stand for the Never Trump people. The polls are all over the place. One poll out today indicates Trump is crushing it. I tend to believe that poll. There was another one out uh, a day or two ago that indicated that Cruz was way ahead, but that poll was kind of weird. It was taken over a very long period of time, and it seems to be vastly different than every other poll that's currently out there. Indiana is a little bit of a weird state. It's different than just about every other Midwestern state. I find it bizarre, Leah. (laughs) This is what the campaign has come to. From what I can tell, the the most substantive issue, these are the most substantive issues in the Indiana presidential primary on the GOP side. Ted Cruz calling a basketball hoop a basketball ring, Ring. uh, which is really bad in basketball territory, which Indiana is. And uh, Donald Trump being endorsed by Indiana basketball legend Bobby Knight, but also by Indiana convicted rapist Mike Tyson. So will the Bobby Knight endorsement erase the Mike Tyson endorsement in Indiana? (laughs) And how will the basketball ring comment uh, impact Ted Cruz? Well, what about Mike Pence? I mean, you know. Well, that was the weakest. That was weird. That was the weakest endorsement of all (laughs) time. I mean, Trump basically even mocked it, saying he effectively effectively did endorse. By by, by the way, unless you won at this point, if you're not all in against Trump, you might as well be for him. I mean, that's that's the silliness of it. I mean, he's going to win. You can't just go, well, maybe sort of, kind of, you know, I wouldn't mind if Cruz won. Uh, That's no, I'm sorry. We're way, way beyond (laughs) the point of no return here. If the, I mean, I'm ready to call it right now. This whole we're waiting for Indiana to me is so silly. Well, (laughs) it is. I agree with you in concept, Leah, except here's the thing. I mean, he still can't win. No, no, I get that. But here's the thing. The, and this is actually, in a weird way, has helped Trump a little bit because it's kept his people motivated to turn out because it's so clear that if he doesn't get the 1237, he could still theoretically be stopped because on a second ballot, when all the delegates true. are allowed to vote for whoever they want, he's toast. So, yeah, we're, true. so in a weird way, the notion that Trump might not get the 1237 has helped Keep his fans motivated. Okay. And, and so um, so I agree with you. I mean, it's a 90% shot. He's going to win the nomination now. But it is still, at this point, it is still theoretically possible. If, if he loses Indiana and doesn't crush it in California, both of which are still possible, 
he's probably not going to get to 1237. And if he doesn't get to 1237, then there's still drama. Now, again, it's most of it's fake drama because the, the news media is now invested in this conve- contested convention narrative. They are. I mean, they they desperately want this to happen. Uh, and, and the news media, when they work in unison, usually gets what they want. Um, but my prediction is that Trump will win Indiana. I don't know by how much because, as I said, the polls are all over the place. Uh, and maybe next week we can finally, you know, put a stake in the heart of this thing. And I can finally, because I've been very hesitant to be ripping on all the people that caused this because I didn't know for 100% sure that it was going to happen. <laughs> so next week, hopefully, we'll be free to do that. Um, and, Unleashed. Uh, on, yes, on Zig Unleashed on the, uh, on the <laughs> Trump brigade and how this all occurred, which mostly has to do with the news media, which we're going to talk a lot about in the next hour, partially because the President of the United States ripped the news media at the White House White House Correspondents' Dinner last night. For those who don't know about this, this thing is called the Nerd Prom. I, I find it nauseating, but also interesting because we're basically the one time all year, Leah, where we get to check in on a club meeting. This yeah. is what this is. It's a club meeting of the liberal elite news media. Almost some conservatives are allowed in, but mostly liberals, some celebrities, which are mostly liberal. And, liberal. and obviously in the Obama administration, most of the politicians are liberals. So this is one of their club meetings. They're all pals. They get together and, you know, they're pretending for the cameras. But even when they're pretending, sometimes the truth sneaks out, if only by accident. I was particularly interested in this White House Correspondents' Dinner because it was hosted by uh, pseudo-comedian from Comedy Central, Larry Wilmore. Now, we've spoken about Larry Wilmore before. Do you recall this? Yeah, I really don't recall this. Boy, you don't remember anything we talk about. (laughs) You're like my wife. I can say anything, and you have no recollection of it later. You know, we, it is late. I understand. It's late for you. You're an early morning person, and so I appreciate I that. The, the, the brain just shuts off, apparently. You have no recollection of anything I've ever done in this program. But thank God we have the podcasts. Uh, but, here, but here's the deal. Larry Wilmore and I used to play golf a lot at a very white upscale country club in Los Angeles named Oakmont Country Club, not the one in Pittsburgh, but this one is in Glendale, California, near where you and I used to work in at KFI in Los yes. Angeles. And Larry Wilmore, who I really liked, is first of all not a liberal. He would consider himself, at least he did when we played golf a lot, and I would give him golf lessons, a moderate, and especially moderate on race issues. He was definitely one of those that thought that most race issues are overblown, that it, it's gotten too crazy, and he was he was very rational on that. He's also— Well, he's changed a bit. Uh, well, there's a reason why. It's not because he philosophically changed. It's because his job description changed. Uh, and he's also, while he's somewhat black, he's about as light-skinned black as you can be, which I don't give a damn what the hell his skin color is. Uh, he was a fun guy to be around— but he lives about as white a life as you could possibly live as a black guy. I know this firsthand, having played at this 97% white country club golf course with him constantly. Well, since he's gotten the gig at Comedy Central, uh, replacing uh, Stephen Colbert, he's pretending to be Mr. Black Guy. I mean, right. down down with the struggle. And he hosted the thing and, and, ended, and he ended the whole deal with... Um, well, I don't even know how to describe this other than just to play it for you. Here's Larry Wilmore uh, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner last night praising 
uh, President Clinton and basically bonding him, bonding with him as two black guys might in such a dramatic uh, occasion as last night's White House Correspondents' Dinner. This was Larry Wilmore at the end of his presentation. So, Mr. President, if I'm going to keep it 100, yo, Barry, you did it, my nigga. Did it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> All right. Now, can you imagine? I'm sitting there watching, and I'm, I'm looking at my old buddy, uh, Larry Wilmore, who I knew to be as, as white as you could possibly be, saying, I'm going to keep it 100, which, by the way, I didn't know what keep it 100 meant until last night. I guess this is the new keeping it real. Is that the deal? Yes. So keep yes. it 100, so, you know, pretending to be you know, street black. And then he uses the word nigga in a public setting to refer to the president of the United States. And this is calls him Barry. And this is a positive. <laughs> this is seen as, wow, wasn't that wonderful? Two black guys bonding over the word nigga. I mean, this is the world we're now living in. And by the way, both of these guys made their careers by pretending to be black while playing golf all the time. Both Obama <laughs> and Larry Wilmore. Wow. All right, hour number two, more of this. <laughs> When we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.